0: So, check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer owned, Vermont grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Good. It's all good, guys. We are live. Hey, it's the Helping Friendly Podcast. Welcome, everybody. We have a we have a great crowd here. For those of you listening, you can't tell, but for those of you watching, you can see that we have two special guests here: James, Gabby. Hey, guys. Hi. What's up, RJ? Hey. Uh, thank you, guys, for joining. Um, for for Osiris fans out there, you may have heard this week that we announced a new show that was created by. James and Gabby called we've got a band and, um, the whole season will be distributed through undermine undermine presents. We've got a band and hopefully this is like a multi-season show that then spins off into its own, its own show. But our friends at section One Nineteen helped us get this going. And so we dropped the trailer this week and we have two episodes, I think that are going to come out on Wednesday and then a bunch more after that. So, um, James and Gabby, thanks for doing all those interviews. And, um, I guess I wanted to just start and just ask where the idea came from and and why you all decided to to pursue this uh this perspective on on the fish community.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh I think it it started just as like a little bit of gossip, like did you see who was at the show last night and kind of developed into like, oh my god, there are a bunch of people we recognize here. Uh wonder what their show is like, wonder what they're up to. So we have to I have to thank you for giving me an excuse to talk to so many cool fish fans and call it a job.
4: Yeah, it was uh I think we were at it was the MST April run and and Gabby and I were kind of you know gossiping as we do at fishes. And uh, you know, Gabby was like, It'd be cool to write an article where we we figure out like who the different fish fans are who you know are like download secret fish fans you know they're hiding backstage they're they're like not out and proud uh and then that conversation just was like you know what an article would be fine but like podcasts would be fun and so then we brought it to you guys and you guys were like yes that sounds very fun let's do it
0: yeah and and our friends at section 119 were like yes we will help you make this so thanks to them um we will be talking more about them um. Well, we we kind of always talk about them, but we'll be talking about them more on the show. Um, and Gabby and James, you're both you both come from the journalism world. Um, how did you approach these like different than other interviews that that you would do as part of your day job or like other interviews that you've heard with fish fans? You know, without and if you if you want to critique how certain people on this. Video have done interviews with fish fans. You're allowed to do that. Um, but what, <laughs> what were you trying to? What were you bringing from your own kind of experience? And what did you want to? How did you want to approach that?
3: Yeah, well, this was nice because I um, didn't have to hide my personal bias for fish. You know, I could uh, let that let that be free in the article or in the the news report. But um this was, I think, more of kind of just um, like a lifestyle, like a, a friendly interview, just trying to get to the bottom of you know what it's like to be at a show where everybody knows you. Um, and, and you know, this thing that unites, everyone that we talk to, what I think is super interesting is they come from such different walks of life and they all have different talents and different specialties and they all share this band in common. That's kind of the uniting thread. So getting to talk to all these people around this kind of common topic was really cool.
4: Yeah, and I feel like the the thing that, was kind of different for me was that like usually you know you're you're trying to get like a, a clear story out when when you're trying to report like an article or a you know a, a blog or something like that and this was much more of a like let's let these conversations unfold the same way that mm-hmm. I mean honestly a lot like this podcast and a lot of other kind of fish podcasts that have come before it like it's it feels like those backstage or, you know, kind of pre-show, post-show, you're sitting around the the patio table, just like, you know, did you see this? Did you feel that? You remember that moment when? And I, I feel like that is one of the best parts of being a fish fan. Like, the shows are awesome. And, you know, if it was just that, I'd be great. But having those long, hours-long conversations where you get into that first time you heard that one song that sticks out in a way that, like, really makes your heart sing, like it was fun getting into that with people who don't get to also talk about this very often when they do press. So that was really fun.
1: Yeah. Those kinds
4: of chats are uh, so easy to have actually, you know,
1: when you talk to somebody about whatever their, their main topic is, you know, they have certain things they have to say and, you know, get to get the plug in and whatever. But when you talk about this common interest, uh, especially one like fish, which has so much content, so much, different ways in which we've interacted with it, different shows and whatever. This can really be a, super easy to have and a lot of fun.
3: James and I, um, we both came from the website Gawker many years ago. And, you know, the, the ethos of that site was, you know, you want to report not on what everyone on the scene is reporting, but what they're all saying at the bar after they file their copy. Mm. And so I think we really brought that to this as well. You know, as you were saying, it's a pleasure to talk to people when they're not actively trying to promote something. And this really was just, you know, talking with your buddies after the show. Uh, I really, we, I think we really hit that vibe.
2: I'm curious, uh, you know, being on this podcast working on undermine over the last couple of years um i always find that like talking to fish fans i learned something about my own experience be it either they got into the band in a totally different way and it like allows this like deepening perspective of how people get into this band or how they view a show or you know what their overall experience is like was there anything you guys learned about yourself as fish fans interviewing all of these people and getting all these varying perspectives
4: I mean, I I know for me, you know, I was always kind of a, a bashful 3.0 fan, like early 3.0. <laughs> but like I was especially, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, 2000 fish here today. Right. Like I was in middle school <laughs> and so like I was aware of it, but I was not into it in a way that was, you know, actionable at that age. And so sure. I think being able to talk to fans from different generations who had kind of been through, you know, Different phases of the band. You know, we we spoke with Aaron Ralston, who, you know, was in Europe for a period of time in in the 90s, right? And getting that perspective, like we I have friends who are, you know, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, even. But I think, you know, I always kind of felt like inadequate as, as a kind of newer fan in all of that. And then having these conversations and realizing like actually wherever you got into fish is the best fish. Like that's, that's the fish that will stick with you. And so like, it really doesn't matter where you start. It's the experience that you're having kind of throughout. Gabby was talking a lot about this idea of collective effervescence during our podcast, and I'll I'll let her speak to it, but I, it, I hadn't really considered that. Like, it really isn't about how long or how many shows or any of those things. It really was once you're here, now you're here. Um, We should make we should make T-shirts for for you, James
0: and and Ryan Storm and others that say 3.0 fans are people, too. You know, yeah,
2: really, <laughs> yeah, they should have an asterisk and say early 3.0 fans. Really <laughs> early I like how you did that,
4: James. James you like to clarify <laughs>
2: 2009.
4: 3.0, I, I was eating the okay, fifth so food ice cream legit. in 2002. Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: I will say I was able to. Um, I, so I, I'm editing these podcasts, so I um, I got to listen to the first two with um Chris and Austin, and I uh, it was, they're really funny and really entertaining and really engaging. And, um, they're really, you guys did a great job. So, um, I know, and there are plenty more other than just those, but it was really cool the people you were able to get. And I think, um, that I think everyone's going to really love it. So thanks for, thanks for putting it together.
3: It was, it was a lot of fun, you know, uh, <laughs> What's the thing about uh, if you about showing up to work? Um, sorry, my dogs are fighting each other, and yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> my dog always barks on this podcast. Part of
4: the show. you yeah.
3: do any you never work a day in your life, and I love talking to random people about fish. So this is good. <laughs> totally.
5: Was there anyone that you had to kind of convince to talk about this publicly? And you don't have to name them, but was it hard to convince people to kind of talk about this, or were people cool with it?
3: For the most part, I think people were really excited that they were being asked to talk about this band because they are all public figures who are never asked about fish for the most part. Um, So, uh, but yeah, some people were I think like maybe wary about because they did end up being very unfiltered, kind of open conversations, and they were a lot of fun to have. And I think some people were wanted to make sure that they were comfortable with us first, but ultimately, um, you know, we got them.
4: there are a couple who uh we would like to have and we have been hounding incessantly i won't i won't name those names but uh they i, I just want to publicly apologize to their representatives and their, their <laughs> and teams who we've gone through every single angle in order to ask them um and we're going to keep trying because I yeah think, exactly you know the, the, the more we talk with people about this the more we realize like these kinds of conversations are bringing new fans in it's bringing a kind of awareness to, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the, you know, misconceptions around drug culture mm. with the fish yeah. stuff. Right. And so like, there's, it's, it's cool conversations. And I think we're really excited to have more of them.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that
4: uh press agents can be, they, they have those misconceptions themselves and they're
1: like, well, just because my client likes this band, I don't want them talking about it.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so it, good luck getting through some of those walls.
3: We actually did encounter the reverse of that, which was the PR rep is a huge fish fan. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I was not sure he wanted to, you know, open up about the van. That's, <laughs> that's, the when, you, van. <laughs>
1: that's, that's when you ask the agent
0: who else you got. Yeah. 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 Um, well, thank you guys again. And thanks for coming on the show. And, um, hopefully we'll see you again soon, but, um, there'll be several episodes. I think we have eight, eight or nine at this point f- that'll come out over the next eight, eight weeks or so. So, um, stay tuned for that. And you can, you can catch, we've got a band wherever you get undermined for this season. Then, like I said, at the beginning, hopefully we'll, we'll, it'll be a multi-season show and it'll have its whole own, own life. But, um, James and Gabby, thanks for joining us for a few minutes to talk about it.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having us.
0: It's our pleasure. We'll see you guys Thanks. around. Thanks all right. So have a good day, guys. Aye. See ya. All right. That was fun. Um, while we're on the topic, you know, what's interesting about Osiris, or one of the things anyway, is that all three of you have at least one other podcast that you do.
2: <laughs> My
0: God. And, yeah. That's all true. four of us, actually. But, we um, don't have to say. Yeah, yeah I know. And, and I'm sure that <laughs> our me. listeners ap- appreciate it or or if they don't, you know, then we'll find out, but, um, missing out. <laughs> Megan, what, what else you got going on?
5: Well, I've got things of gold, the snarky puppy podcast that I have with Ryan and we just released our sixth episode, I believe out of 12 and they're getting more and more fun as they go along. We're kind of moving through. We're in 2017 now, and it's been so great for me to learn about the band this way. So that's really fun. And Brian and I are actually releasing the first episode of a miniseries that we did on Monday. Brian, do you want to tell everybody about it? What?
2: I, I do. Uh, we have been working with uh, our buddy Brian over at Attendance Bias uh, doing a miniseries called Flocking Outside, and it's a it's an exploration of goose and goose culture and their history from the perspective of three diehard fish fans. Um, We're really, really excited about this. We've been talking with Brian for the last couple of months, trying to figure out the structure of this whole thing. What we wanted to do was approach this. Meg and I are huge Goose fans. Brian came to us as Goose Curious. So he came to us with, how do I get into this band? What is this band? What's the whole deal? So we kind of track their history since Pete's Fest, which is when... um, Mr. RJB, the Sherpa of Goose for all of us here at Osiris, until we brought Goose Podcast on, started pushing this band with just like prophetic, like from the top of the mountain, just like you have to listen to Goose. Every other tweet from RJ was Goose is really funny and they also write really good songs. Did I mention that Goose writes really good jams? So from that moment all the way up until the end of their uh Spring 2023 tour. It's a ton of fun. We dive into a bunch of music. I make way too many recommendations. And Megan makes very intelligent commentary that uh, I try to keep up with.
5: Thanks, Brian. It was so fun. I hope everybody checks it out. It's it was like the conversation, speaking of what James and Gabby were just saying, it's like that conversation that everybody's been having offline. And so it was really fun to kind of bring it behind a mic. So I'm curious to hear what everybody thinks about it.
0: But it wasn't like, was it like it wasn't like analyze fish where it's like
5: No, because we're not funny.
0: Well, uh, I think you guys are funny. See,
5: Jonathan just not that funny.
2: I (laughs) agree, I'm not funny at all.
0: But I mean, was it like Brian's not funny at all? (laughs) Were you guys trying to convince
5: Brian? (laughs) You know, it's interesting. So the whole way this started was that you know Brian Weinstein and I have had been texting a lot about Goose, and he was like, "I don't, I don't get it," and I was continually over and over again trying to like convince him. And then he was like, well, why don't we do a podcast about this? And I'm like, okay, well, I'm bringing in some backup. And so then I brought in Mr. Brinkman and, you know, we laid it out. So it wasn't like a convincing him thing because that's just a boring kind of game if you're not hilarious, like the guys from Analyze Fish. But um, we kind of talk mostly about What we love about Goose and the influences that we think that we hear in their music and our relationship to the band and how that's evolved and what it's come to mean to us and what we think about the music. And then we created a playlist for him and he goes through that and then we do some deep dives and jams. And so it's really fun. Yeah.
2: It'll come out on Monday. The next three Mondays it will be coming out. So check that Mm -hmm. out over at at Avoid Attendance Bias. Uh, Just an awesome, awesome podcast. Really happy to do something with Brian.
0: Nice. How many other podcasts, Brian?
2: Uh, I have Beyond the Pond as well. Uh, We released our 120th episode. We're trying to keep pace with Jonathan. Um, It's really funny to think back. We started... Beyond the Pond, right around the same time that broke down podcast started, and we've all we've been like tracking it. There were moments of like flurry of episodes, and then both podcasts have kind of just stepped back to like once a month type of thing. But uh, my buddy co-host Dave Goldstein and I um, have been doing this thing where we've been comparing different tours uh, to each other, and we found a lot of similarities musically and. The uh, spring 2023 tour and the winter 2003 tour so we take a couple jams talk break those down talk about what we hear in the tour what we hear about the band's evolution and then of course it wouldn't be beyond the palm without non-fish music so we spin it out and we took this as an opportunity to go through our three favorite jazz records of the 2020s so far plus like 15 20 honorable mentions because i just can't keep myself <laughs> First, to three albums that's course. how brian makes a list uh, this yeah. is how it works uh so it was a ton of fun really fun episode really good to dive into like all these records is kind of where my head has gone if i'm not preparing for hf pod or listening to um you know the 64 best goose jams of the last week in a row um <laughs> you know when projects are off i'm listening to this stuff and so it was a really really fun passion project episode i'd encourage everyone to check that out
0: Jonathan you are Hi. you are leaving for you are leaving us for a while i mean not, uh, not yeah, i'm just taking some time, weird, time off you. i would be uh you know uh offline
1: recharging um drinking appropriately all things in moderation <laughs> including moderation um so uh, but yeah, I have been working on some broke down pod. We got a had a good little run of episodes. Uh actually got two out this month, the last month. Now it's already June. Uh, but let's see, I had James Toth on, Jordan Perry, he's a great uh Virginia guitar player, finger picker, composer, guy. You should check that one out. That was uh episode one nineteen. And episode one twenty was a cat named Aaron Fader, who is uh he's based in Barcelona, he's an American he uh is a player multi-instrumentalist and a Ranger and he has been working with this uh African singer named Tolno, and is uh back he his the, his band is backing her and she is also helping front another band which is basically the same band called Afro Dead which is. Uh, kind of afrobeat uh, takes on Grateful Dead music, and they're coming to the states actually this that month. Cool, yeah, wow. they got a bunch of tour dates coming. It's it is pretty cool. There's a cool version of the other one on the episode that they play.
3: Oh, nice, and
1: uh, yeah, they got a, they're playing all over the country this month, and that was a lot of fun to talk to him. and I got stuff in the hopper for when one, uh wouldn't come back in a few weeks.
2: All right. Well, I just want to address a comment here. Yeah. In the our buddy Neil Landry from um, <laughs> yeah. the Great Almost Always There podcast said, so "When is the Eggy podcast coming?" Choir minds want to know. Neil, I know that we connect around Eggy, and I know we connect around a lot of other music. So we should we should talk about this. Uh, I have I have ideas. At least I have like the the germination of an idea. So let's let's do this because, my God, Eggy jams. My God.
0: Um. All right. Well, and I mentioned all these podcasts in the drop today. So that brings it full circle. Um, and okay. We should talk about this show. So we're talking about 2000. We've reached the end less than a month after the show. We're going to talk about fish takes a break and they never came back. And that was the end of fish. And, um, it's just crazy. But, um, so that makes this even more interesting. Um, there's only four shows from 2000 on live fish that have been released, which is, um,
5: remember that. That's crazy
0: it is and and i will say like that probably reflects my like listening to 2000 i just don't go to 2000 very much and then we had one of the saddest show episodes we've ever done on this show was of the last the last show of 1.0 megan where we couldn't really find a lot to say that was good it was mostly like yeah that was kind of a bummer but
2: Aww, so we so got to
0: yeah so we got to we got to make up for that um by going back to Hershey, nine fifteen. Yeah,
5: um, yeah, let's wow. do
0: it. So this is a good, really fun show. Um, where, where do you want to start, Brian? This was, um, this is, this is your, this is your show.
2: I think we should just before we jump to Meg's corner. Where was everyone at uh, in September of two thousand? Um, Jonathan, let's start with you. You were a young father. Uh, starting to recapture your jam band outings but where i mean were you I, at?
1: I was you know newly married so i had i didn't really see anything that summer i think but um i would see a show a couple days after the show that we're covering uh which means i missed my birthday which is the day before the show we're covering um but i was probably very frequently wearing this t-shirt <laughs> Which for those that's playing shirt home, man. Uh, this is a big Cypress t-shirt that I am wearing right here. And um it's got flamingos on it. Um and it's badass. And uh yeah, I was I was actively listening to Fish, but also Steve Kimmock band was looming large after having KVHW having fallen apart. And uh yeah, that's that's where I was uh that's where I was. I was pretty actively I was all up on E-Tree. I was downloading the crap out of everything I could. I was, we were 2000, we were still burning CDs, I think. Um, And uh, yeah, I had a lot of that
2: going on. (laughs) How about you, Meg? Where were you at?
5: I was finishing my last year in college and I was super into the rave scene. So I was going to a lot of raves and dancing all night and yeah. I was not seeing fish. And it's sad because when I listen to this show and I've been listening to a lot of 2000 fish this week to get ready and I really like a lot of it. You know, I like these jams. Like I love these, the kind of like funk meets space jams that they're doing where they have these like droning long sounds over this like deep funk beat. Like this stuff is good. So I'm sad I didn't go to any shows, but you know, I was, I was into like DJs and Breakdancing and
2: raves. I feel like this is the closest <laughs> fish to rave culture, so I feel like this would oh, yeah. make a lot of sense with you.
5: I know, I like it.
2: RJ, what about you?
0: Um, so I was in the middle. This was like the beginning of my senior year of college. I was in Columbus. I I only saw one show in 2000. I think I talked, mentioned that last week, um, which was um, Radio City, which is a pretty good one to to go-to, but yeah. I was sort of like drinking cheap beer and going to house parties and just hanging out in college. So I was like pretty unplugged from the music scene. I, we, we would go see shows at the Newport and other places in Columbus, but I was not really like seeing music very much. I was just like in college trying to figure out what I was going to do next. So that that's what I was doing, um, which is not very exciting.
2: I mean, it's pretty exciting. I mean, Being it was. in college was is like Sounds really fine. exciting and fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About you, I remember I remember exactly where I was for this show, even though I did not consume this show either in the moment or until years later. Uh, I was in the hospital this night. I got major back surgery on September 11th and was holed up for like 10 days, uh, just hanging out, eating bad food. People would come and visit. Pain uh, mm. painkillers, painkillers. Uh, yeah, once yeah. I got over like the nausea of painkillers and of, uh, going under, uh, I went under for like four and a half hours and I was like learning how to walk again at this point in time. It was kind of a crazy oh God, week. That's intense. A week later I was back at school and someone said, Hey, I have an extra fish ticket for a show at Allstate arena. Do you want to go? And I had the nerve to ask my mom if I could go. I was like on the mend and she was like, you're not going to do it. Concert tonight. I don't care who it is, and so I had a chance to see a one uh, fish show. Blame it on my mother. I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't attend it. I couldn't attend it. But yeah, you just
1: was. didn't have the spine for it, Brian.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. You know, you told me that your mom wouldn't let you go to your chance to go sense, to a 1. show, it? and now yeah. the context I'm starting yeah. to understand. More.
2: I wouldn't let yeah. my kid go either. Like no I, I was pretty beaten up. I, yeah. uh so I got two plates and four screws and a bit of my hip fuse, fusing everything together. So, um, it wow. was, uh, it was a fun time. It's just started sophomore year of, of high school. Let me tell you, going to homecoming like three weeks after back surgery is super fun. <laughs> <That's awesome.
0: laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, Meg's corner is next, but first, um, I guess before we do that, there's something else in the in the outline here for Meg's corner today. Brian, oh, no.
2: do, you, do you know what it is? I think I know what it is. Do you want me to start? Do you want me, do you want me to count I you guys you, in?
0: Yeah, can you count us in? Right.
2: A one and a two and you know what to do. Half, Are you guys, it? Half no, I it just started. <laughs>
1: Nobody wants to be the first one with the note.
5: <laughs> no one no. wants to.
1: Birthday happy birthday to,
0: to, you. to you. Oh
1: God, Aww. guys, come on! Yes, it's like a barbershop quartet. Happy birthday! birthday,
0: birthday, birthday to oh, it's to come you. on, someone this. we need a click happy track, guys. Happy
2: birthday,
0: <laughs> dear, dear
1: Megan.
2: Happy birthday. birthday. To <laughs> you,
5: oh, thanks, guys. You. I don't know. I feel like Jonathan and Brian. If you worked on it, you could actually like do a really good job Yeah, that. You sounded good. I don't know about you, RJ, but no. Brian and Jonathan, just, you guys, if
2: we good. if we worked on it, if we worked um, on yeah, it. Just, <laughs> like maybe yeah, if, if we sang together. i exactly.
0: more yeah. like a more of a promoter, you know. Thank um, <laughs> <laughs>
5: you, <laughs> thank you, guys. I love you. Thank you, Neil.
0: All right, so. <laughs> Megan, what what was going on in two thousand? I know that Fish took a break, but anything else happened?
5: Yeah, I mean they're going to play about fifty shows, which I was kind of surprised at when I looked at the number. I was Fucking like, "Wow, that's, yeah." I was like, "That is so lazy." What are you guys like bummed out or something? No,
1: that I know, think they 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 I sorry, I'll let you carry ahead. on in a moment. It the way these kinds of calendars are laid out, the first part of their year was mapped before Big Cypress happened. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was only after Big Cypress that they were like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that combined with like, you know, all those midlife things that like prevent us from pursuing creative pursuits, like, you know, marriages, divorces, kids, all these things were kind of coming into their lives in a way. I think that, you know, that brings like draws you away from, like, the intensity and the kind of exclusivity of being just about fish. So that kind of comes to bear, I think, this year majorly. But also in May, they're going to release Farmhouse, which we know is going to be on Electra. Heavy Things is going to get onto the mainstream pop radio chart. It's going to come at up to number 29. And it's going to be number two on the adult alternative charts. Pretty cool. First Tube was also nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Instrumental Performance. Is that right? Yes, I did not. I never know knew that. that. I know, and you learn it's something cool. new every day. Yeah, you'd really do. So this is recorded at the barn, um, except for the live intro to "Piper," which is from "Us We Go." And there's also going to be a Japanese version of this album, which isn't going to include "Driver" and "Mountains in the Mist." Um, Ryan, Ryan Storm, yeah, exactly. Ryan was talking to me when I was recording with him this week for Snarky Puppy podcast at like eight forty-five at night, and I was like. Hanging on for dear life. So, yeah, Ryan, it is tough. It's tough to have a family and do all this. Someday you'll know. Um, But back to Fish. uh, They're going to record a bunch of radio shows in May, which is funny. When I heard them that they were doing that, it was like made me realize how long ago 2000 was, you know, that they were recording a bunch of shows for like the radio, you know, Mm -hmm. the real radio. Um, Then they're going to play Radio City. They're going to record a show at the Roseland Ballroom, which is going to be recorded for Hard Rock Live, and that's going to air in early July. They're going to then play seven shows in Japan, including one of my all-time favorite shows, Drum Logos. Then they're going to come back to the U.S., and they're going to do a tour in June, and late June, in the Southeast, the Northeast, Canada, the Midwest. They're going to tape for Austin City Limits, tape a show for that. And then they're going to announce the hiatus that summer. In August, they're going to release Bittersweet Motel. They're going to appear on four different covers of Entertainment Weekly. And then they're going to have their... I have all four. Tour. You have those, right, Jonathan?
1: Yeah, they're in an attic, in the, in a box in the attic. You didn't bring them a, for
5: today? Come on.
1: I, I'm a busy man. I got a lot okay, going on right true. now.
5: You're going away to tomorrow. I'll <laughs> forgive you. You can bring him next week if you have him. Oh, you won't be here because you're on vacation. Okay. In no a
0: regular week, you still wouldn't have brought him, Jonathan. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry to call you out. It's because I'm a busy man. <laughs> Fair.
2: Just it's make true. sure you get him for the 2004 episode, okay? Uh, yeah. No. Perfect.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of how it ended. You know? Ends famously at Shoreline.
0: Um, Brian's point here, uh, the, this might be the most traditional focus, actual promotion Fish ever did for an album. It's just really interesting, the timing of – of the album release right? and the, the huge push around this. And then it's like, and then they're later. like, we're, we're done. We're we're done. We're
1: done. Out. He's it's not wrong though.
0: It's they kind
1: they of kinda did this in 94, but they were young enough and like anti mm-hmm. everything enough that they didn't do it with any real commitment. Right. So they put did yeah. a video, but it was ridiculous. They did some radio, but you know, it was either like purple dragon straight ahead also weird or you know not but you know the stuff they did in 2000 was it was great actually it was really cool to get like you know you mentioned some one of you guys mentioned earlier there's only a few shows on live fish but there's a bunch of good recordings come from radio or television mm-hmm.
2: performances
1: mm-hmm. that are really really great to listen to and um just to, a lot
2: of great interviews that are available on ReListen from yep. that may uh um, kind of radio blitz it's just it's it's kind of a fascinating year in that sort of standpoint but it is wild like i'm just thinking about the time between them leaving in o- october 2000 and coming back in december 2002 like a normal band doesn't say that they're taking a hiatus for that time gap like it's pretty yeah
1: it's <laughs> no it's pretty, like, they like come it they're like new album we're gonna tour now like,
2: exactly like like renewed. the distance between farmhouse and round room is like a pretty standard album district different distance <laughs> the only difference here is that fish didn't tour and so that like was this notable gap but yeah it is weird that there was such a push and all the while they were kind of in the back of their minds like i don't think that we want to do this right now i think we want to do other things so it's there's a lot of push and pull this year so um
0: sorry jonathan were you gonna say something nope okay brian um because we did so much promo of and talked about so many awesome other podcasts and as much as i love your this year in pop culture can you just say that it sucks so we can move get to the show
2: i can actually rj it really sucks i'll agree with you there's um (laughs) Nothing redeemable. Just give
0: us the number one.
5: Yeah, number one. The at number least. I okay. love this. I want to hear. It. I
2: actually like the music number one, so this works. Uh, number one TV show is Survivor. Just mm. I, yeah, you know, that's probably
5: going to be that. one I'm here forever, for that.
2: Right? I still
0: watch it. It's, it's probably still number one. Who knows? It's
1: it's not, but it's, it's okay. It's still good.
5: It's fun.
2: Number one for music is Madonna's music, which is actually a fucking bang. Yeah, slow nod good. because I'm sure that there are like way better Madonna songs out there, but you know it's a pretty good song. Um, I will fight for like a prayer. That is my jam. Uh, and yeah. number one movie uh, is um, is uh, Bring It On, which, which was um, the
5: cheerleading, cheerleading movie. movie. I
2: didn't say. Mm, consider Did it. See that?
5: Oh, that's a good movie. I've seen that a bunch of times. It's kind of fun.
2: Um, probably fun.
0: Thank you, Brian. Thank you for doing that. That kind of that kind of gets everything across, really.
2: It does. It's just yeah. it's September. I will say the most interesting thing that happened on this day, other than me being in the hospital and fish playing Hershey Park, is that this was the opening of the Sydney Summer Olympics.
0: Okay. Oh,
1: which happened okay.
2: in the fall. It was also and
1: the day after my birthday. Okay. Also and, the day after and, your yeah, birthday. I said that again. and, and, Ryan and everybody celebrated
2: the day before. So. With a really good fish show and, really and a really good fish.
0: fish show,
5: yeah, seriously, you had it
0: um go friday, september fifteenth two thousand hershey park stadium um the set one is first tube, God of Jabu, karina, birds of feather, windora bug, run like an antelope, Golgi bittersweet motel it's kind of like a half tab set, half fish set, um which is <laughs> interesting we didn't we there is no I think Mike. On memo, who did the daily soundcheck podcast? He found all the all the soundchecks, and I looked, and I do not think this soundcheck exists. G four J into mirror in the bathroom. Throwback to our 98, 98 yeah. show and dog log. Um, so okay, first set. This um, I mean, my I guess my perspective is this first tube it d- debuted you know ninety nine, but it kind of became a staple by two thousand. They played it so much between ninety nine and two thousand, and it's just cool that they introduced that like you know, quite a while ago at this point, and it's still a staple right now, but this, like, first two Jabu, like, the Jabu has, like, a lightness to it that even though there's, like, loops, it just feels so much lighter, I guess, than, like, 99. There's, like, a buoyancy Mm -hmm. to it, and I guess I want to ask you guys, do you think they might have been feeling, like, the pressure is off now that they're like announcing that they're taking a break. I mean, I think it probably gets more heavy as they get toward the end of the tour, but there's kind of a lightness to this show, at least in the first set that I was a little bit, um, a little bit surprised by. Yeah. You know,
1: we covered kind of, you mentioned earlier that the discussion of the, the last show, but you know, we've covered like the final stretch of shows on here as well. And it, and it does get dark uh, and weird. Uh, but I think at this point, it's there's it's, they're having fun i think they're almost surprised about having fun and it might be the 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 pressure release the end isn't like a week away so they're still they still mm. got a little bit of room to play and they're having fun with it and it really like conveys completely on this show
2: yeah i, I mean i'm a, i've grown to be a big fan of 2000 it was the first year when i got into fish where there was almost a sense in at least a parts of the community I was talking to that were like, ah, 2000, they were done. Listen to everything 99 and before. And then like, I finally went back and listened to a bunch of 2000 shows. And I mean, there's a stretch from six twenty eight to 74 that's up there with my favorite fish of all time. Um, there's, uh, that, the, the deer Creek run obviously has some great stuff, but yeah, when you get to the fall, um, the stretch from great woods through kansas uh which is 925 which was my backup pick for this show pretty much every show in there is hot uh rj and jonathan we talked about 917 a few years ago which is a really good show um the Darren lake show which was released as live fish three is a mind bender huge jams and susie and drowned and an amazing amazing albuquerque great reba as well um Allstate's really good. I feel like, to your point, RJ, this is the point of the tour where the pressure feels off. They're playing a lot of familiar venues that they either haven't played in years, like Darien Lakes, um, or pretty familiar venues for them at this point in time, like Merriweather Post, um, like Allstate Arena to an extent. Um, So there's a sense of familiarity. There's a sense of party. There's a sense of the pressure's off. Um, But there's also this like weird, what do we do with all these new songs? Because this whole first set, like you mentioned, is very half tab, half fish. What do we do with these new songs? Are we going to continue to push them or are we just going to rely on classic material? And that ebb and flow is kind of going to define the next couple of weeks of this tour.
5: I feel like this show has a really like the night after the night feeling to it. Like the night before that show was so incredible. And I feel like this is kind of just has that lightness. And I think the first set especially has really good flow and good energy. And then the cool down songs are like interesting. You know, they're playing like Karina or like Windora, which they've played like, you know, four times or whatever. It's like they're play- picking interesting songs to be playing for cool down songs. They're not dialing this in at all. I really liked this set.
1: Yeah, I wanna just shout out Karina actually because love, love that song. love that so much. I like this version a lot. The previous one played was Big Cypress, uh, which see the t shirt. Um, <laughs> but prior to that they hadn't played it in 10 years, yeah, uh, in nineteen eighty nine. And uh and I they have kicked it around on and off ever since, <sighs> very sporadically, but um it's
5: and when it drops, like 28, 12, 30, 19. Yeah. And Oh my God, it was just total magic. It's just so fun. When they play a song they started playing in like 1987, you know, it's, it's just, it's
1: yeah. Yeah. I was at that show too. That and it's, it's so funny. Like how many songs I saw that night that I hadn't seen since big Cypress in 10 years mm. earlier, wow, 20 years really? earlier, whatever That's that is. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super wild. Anyways, uh, we digress. Uh, what a, Yeah, a great, fun set. It has Mm -hmm. strong energy and birds. You know, the Wind or a Bug is just, that's a wacky song, but I love it.
5: I like Um, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring that back.
2: uh, And I only been played two two times. This was the last performance to date. And I feel like this is like the most 99, 2000 original. And I would just, I would love to hear this again. The wordplay, the like kind of back and forth, the dropouts into the clip. So jamming. It's really, really nice.
5: Mike's yeah. voice sounds like so perfect in this song It's like deep and resonant With And there's like vocals. such a good bass line Yeah, and then there's like at the end Fishman's doing like a trip hop beat It's it's really cool I think they would do like an amazing version of this song now Yeah, Maybe
1: maybe the Trey Trio will bring it back
0: um, The oh, uh, I forgot that, that yes. it had like the meat breakdown in it Because I don't yeah. think it's that always, I don't, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that happens in t- the tab versions But maybe maybe it does I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Uh shout
1: out Tony Markellis. I'm with yeah. You uh maybe there, Ryan. Right. There. Um I love the call to end the set with Bittersweet Motel too.
2: Yeah, this is but a it. month after mm-hmm. Bittersweet came out. We're obviously semi halfway between Erie Well, we're a little bit east of Pittsburgh at this point in time. But you know, regionally we're not gonna it's get close any closer, we're not going to Burgettstown at this point. Is that um, when? Is that when
1: that
5: movie came out? It came out in August.
2: Okay. August 2000. I so. saw
1: it at the Kennedy Center when it came out, which is, seems like a weird place oh, wow. for that. But that's that's where I went. And it was weird. And there were balloons in the Kennedy Center, just as every time something fish-like happens there. And it shouldn't go that way, people. Just be good. But anyways. Um,
2: I think our um, Brian makes a – sorry, RJ. No, no, so go for it. Like, a cool point here that I think we're going to talk about more when we get into set two, but I think Windora, Dora, I think first tube, Jabu, Karina, they all kind of have this where there's clearly stuff happening underneath the surface in these jams. And there's a lot of space and there's a lot of patience. And Mike is really impactful in these, in these jams and in these songs. I would kill for more soundboards from 2000. Cause like we've heard, I like that drowned. If you listen to that from the night before on on odd, no, knock on the taper it just you can't pick up everything that's happening under the surface from 30 rows back and so to get that is just such an interesting view of where the band was at at that point in time
0: um i just wanted to say so the the antelope is is pretty um pretty fun there just in terms of the you know it's a nice nice 1.0 version in that it gets gets pretty intense um and and tom comes out with his daughter anna who was turning 7 at the time i asked him about this yesterday. Um, <laughs> cool.
5: awesome and,
0: and it, this was in the era when they all had young kids and he said that anna got tired and fortunately there was like a whole babysitter set up so he <laughs> was able to have anna have anna go with um uh, the other kids and he could continue to to watch the show but um that was cool that was like a end of end of 1.0 have tom come out for a for the antelope um, lyrics, but he was able to bring Anna. Anna is now a fish fan. I've been to many shows with her. She's amazing. She's awesome, just like Tom and their whole family. So it was cool, cool. to hear. I, f- I forgot about that aspect of it until, until I heard. Until I heard it.
1: Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked him about it because I saw that in the uh, in the set list.
0: And I was like, I wonder what he remembers. So nice. Um, anything else in the first set before we move on?
2: I think it's just interesting, like I said earlier, that um, there's such a focus on the new music. Like when Antelope hits, it's almost like, because even Birds is the most familiar song in the first five or six songs of the show, and Birds is only two years old at this point. When they play Antelope, you have Antelope-Golgi pairing. It's just like, okay, we needed a little bit of classic fish before we got out here uh, from the set, and you know, you you get a sense of how much inspiration they're still finding in the old songs, because it is quite a good Antelope.
1: Can I point out that it's kind of a short show, like quite yeah, set I two that. delivers, I like, yeah. and we'll get into how it, well it delivers after you know in a moment. But and set one is good too, but it's not two hours. It's under two hours and twenty minutes. It's not entirely inconsistent, like that. A blossom show is about the same length, but the uh, the Merryweather show that I was at. Just is the very next show of tour two hours and 55 minutes. So a little wow. bit all over the map, um, night to night, but this is, this is the short range, I guess.
2: I think this is the kind of the, the last, well, we, we'd see this into 2.0, but this is kind of the last gasp of just we're going to go on when we want to go on, we're going to play as long as we want to play. And then we're going to take that, take it off, you know, who knows what setup they had in terms of clock management on stage, but it definitely feels like they're just like, all right, I think we've set our part Let's play bittersweet. We'll leave. We'll come on. We'll do a five song set. And then we're done.
1: Might be tighter curfew situation at different venues too. So that's true as well. And, but when you couple that with the, we'll go on when we want to go on leads to things wrapping up, maybe a little shorter than you might hope.
0: Um, I just want to point out the the comment here on the screen that they do seem to sound a little better, the, the audience recordings from 99. Yeah. And what someone should do someday is like track the sound of these audience recordings over the years with like the changes in technology. Because I wonder, I just wonder how much that changed. Maybe I mean, not between 99 and 2000, but obviously it changed over the years in terms of what was available. And, um, the what funny thing is using. is
1: that the tapers were not, like, they, they improved tech uh, to de- varying degrees, but at the same time, you get really good tapes with 20-year-old mics, um, depending. True. It's, it's all about placement. It's about the room. It's about the PA. So, you know, you can – some rooms, you can't make a bad tape. Some rooms, you can. Actually, any room, you could make a bad tape, but you have to try or not try. I don't know. You have to really fuck it up. Um, but if you take the same rig and you put it right behind the soundboard in every room, it's it's going to sound like that room on that night.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with set two. Thank you.
4: Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like, or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E F F I N G Perspective, the only podcast you crank up to eleven.
2: Thank you.
0: All right, <laughs> Jonathan, you want to tell you want to tell us about set two here? What What about set two? Set two
1: opened with Piper into the Lizards, then Tube into a Jam, into When the Circus Comes and character zero ends the set with rj's favorite possum as the encore (laughs) and uh you know i think it's pretty good i mean they they really come out of the gates you can tell there's no like youtube first song preview here because they don't waste any time and they get get right into it with this piper um I, i don't know i don't even remember i listened to it again this morning does does it build or does it just come out of the gates
2: it's a slow build um it's a very classic 2000s piper um you know i was thinking as i was listening to this just how many great versions are throughout from like mm-hmm. 99 to 2004 like this is really just and this is a song that spilled over into and there's been great versions but this is a song that really bridge bridge the end of 1.0 into 2.0 where when they played this they just played standout versions of the song um this one very much like you know a lot of the jams from the era is really centered around the groove trey plays a lot of chords and he puts on the sirens and he moves over to the keys and so you end up like the jam lives on how good the back end of fish is and how good Mike and Fishman are at playing around with the groove, but also holding that groove really solid. And I'm curious for you guys. Do you guys, did you like, uh, Trey's keyboard rig during this era? Cause there's, there's kind of differing opinions and it's, it's a sta- It's a, it's a staple of these jams.
1: Sometimes. Um, I, <laughs> I I think largely I did. I thought that Trey was digging for something creatively and he was doing, he was doing something different himself, but also opening kind of like he did with the drum kit, but differently opening Mm -hmm. the floor to other things from the rest of the band too. So, you know, he wasn't trying to compete with page. He was, you know, playing samples and doing stuff that page wasn't really doing um, and I, I think it, I, I think it opened the sound up in interesting ways. RJ, would it, would it, you were there? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, this is when I was listening to it this morning. I was thinking like gets, things start to get really kind of serious in here, and it almost reminds me of like a summer '95 jam in places. Mm-hmm. It gets like mm-hmm. very dissonant, cacophonous. It's sort yes. of like there's like a lot going on, but but Mike is much more. Like Mike is like very dynamic over the kind of noise um, that it it just, it's, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting jam. I think like us again, not to, you know, go say this again, but I think a soundboard of this would be fantastic.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's when Brian was talking earlier about
1: the need for soundboards and cited the Darien show, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the whole, time about this piper and the things that we're not hearing because we're hearing great stuff there's there's so much more here i'm sure
2: there's stuff right before the fade out where it sounds like 3 a.m at big cypress and like getting that in just pristine quality where you can actually know all the stuff that's happening below the surface and what they were hearing because hershey there's a comment from incredible perp that it's like dick's east it's this big Mm -hmm. wide open stadium it's a stadium yeah, and yeah, their sound just like drifts out, and it's a cool place to see them. Uh, I saw them in twenty ten. It's a there's a lot of space. You move around, but like there's a lot of space, and that I think is getting lost a little bit here in the tape. But Meg, what are your thoughts on this piper?
5: Yeah, I love it. I feel like you can tell right away that they're just like ready to get weird and to like get out there in the jam. Like they are not wasting any time, and I just love that kind of droning hypnotic feeling and how the drama of it just builds and builds. And I think Trey on the keyboard really works here. He's like adding in all these layers. I felt like this jam was like, this reminded me like how much I like 2000 Fish and how I need to listen to more of it. Like this, there's like the combination of the two kinds of jams that I like love from 2000 Fish. And that's like the ones that sound like this tube where like it sounds like 97 and 99 like had a baby where it's like this funk and then like weirdness (laughs) over it. Or this kind where it's, like, really hypnotic and droning and, like, you get lost in it. So this set is so perfect because it has both of those.
1: I want to say more about uh, Piper real quick. You know, Brian, you alluded to it. In 2000, Piper has a big year. And if you look at, like, Mm. the jam charts, it's there are blocks where every single version is a jam charted version and there's only one other year where they do that which is 2003 where it's just huge blocks of great versions of piper and in december of 2003 i named my baby piper for that reason not because the jam charts but because 2003 was a good year for piper 2000 was a great year for piper as well and this this is just one example of many and uh yeah get your 2000 piper projects going people because there's just such good music coming mm. under the name of that song and I had then a two...
0: didn't you have a 2000 piper project no no okay. that sounds like work no, I'm talking about your. You have a child named Piper who was not born yes. in 2000. No, she was born in 2003. Okay, we had a 2003 Piper project. Um, <laughs> the one thing, and there's a sorry. I promise I'll stop talking about the releases, but there there are a lot of live baits that have summer and fall 2000 times on them, and yeah. I don't know if someone somewhere has a spreadsheet of all the live bait releases with like, that you could like sort by years. But maybe I'll do that, like when I'm when I retire. But um, they they do they have been releasing it on the train. can do on the train, but there so there go. there is stuff out there. There's like the the Mango Song Jam from from Meriwether. There's yeah, like, yeah. some Toronto. They stuff. just released
2: I mean, a Piper on the most recent live bait from. Uh, right outside of Denver here, the uh, 927 show, which is a really right. good September 2000 piper. A little bit more like straightforward groove than this one is. This one's a bit more atmospheric, but still really cool to hear that. That in the gumbo. By atmospheric,
0: yeah. you mean...
1: Mm. We-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which I like. Um, okay, so lizards and then this tube into jam, um, which is, again, noted by our friends at Fishnet. Um, so the jam is... I was trying to figure out: Is the jam after the the jam because <laughs> there's a jam in tube? Because the song and then It goes stops. back the, tube. It, it, the song is basically over. Yeah, they, like, and then they stop. pick it up again. And it's like, like a, almost like Dayton '97 like when they pick up the jam post. and then they're like back to jamming. Back yeah, to jam yeah. That's like the, there's an also a jam in tube. There's yeah. a jam in yeah, tube, but is, it's so only awesome. it's
2: it's only yeah. an eight minute version. It's like seven minutes and fifty seconds of tube, but um, you know, but it's so it's, good. it's like two sides of a coin like the Dayton one has that amazing like you hear Trey go do you want to start that jam again and like yeah you, you yeah. know how excited they were like for what he they
0: were talking to me and I was like, yes, was talking to you. like yeah dude just just <laughs> do, do it, that Trey. um do
2: it. whereas this like the two bending is initiated at six around 6 30 at seven they're done but there's still the sirens and those just go for mm-hmm. like 30 seconds and then they come back and
1: and you, you can know, just at that point, picture them looking at each other Okay, you like it?
2: Yeah, like I I don't want to play it? a song. They
1: drop right back in, yeah. It's
5: <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so, so good. good. It's like Fishman is just like pushing the tempo, like right off the bat, and there's like this sped up funk, like already. And like two minutes into the song, it sounds like faster and more funky. And Trace using like weird effects, but like three minutes in, and then they lock into this like melody. And this is that moment that I'm talking about when these two amazing years of fish have like a baby, because it's like super, super funk on top of, like, all the, like, weird siren droney effects. And it works so well. It sounds effortless. Like, it's really good. I love it. And then, like, when Paige shifts into the piano, it's, like, the whole jam just, like, just turns, like, slowly. And all of a sudden, they're in this, like, total mood shift. And it just turns into this, like, driving, like, dark train. This is so good.
2: It's one thing um, that we –
0: well, I was just gonna say, I'm picturing if we had a if we had a good meme maker, you could have like two two years and a baby with like a picture <laughs> of Trey from '97 and a picture of Trey from '99, and, and then this <laughs> and then this in a crib. Um.
5: Maybe <laughs> I'll ask Ryan Skirm to make that for me. Does yeah, he do memes? Madison he must someone. would
1: do that. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. generation, right. Like that's what the youth does. Do the youth.
0: Sorry, sorry, bridge, Brian. Doesn't... Brian, I think you were gonna say something that that had actual words. <laughs> Brian was going to just distra- describe a
1: different meme.
2: He's I was, no, no, I just, um, I, I just, I, I find it fascinating that Mike is like the center of of, of these jams. Like every time I go back and listen to it, it's it's the era of fish where Mike is like holding everything down, but he's also front and center. Um, I think also, you know, Maggie made the point of Paige going to the baby grand and it just, just as we're leaving 1.0 here in this series I and mean, the next 23 episodes are all going to be either like hiatus or 2.0 or 3.0 stuff it's all it's going to be a very different side of fish like we're leaving the 1990s behind we're leaving the 1.0 era and it it reminds me of the episode that we did on 93 uh, 826 93 about two months ago at this point in time and one of the things we talked about was how important pages grand piano was Mm. to not just the playing but also the jams and how it like adds this um, foundation in a lot of ways to the band's jamming and you heard this in 94 in that Bozeman Tweezer we did in 95 in that super high energy show as we moved on like tr- like Paige would move more towards the clav he would move more towards the organ to try to give atmosphere and to give additional funk notes and staccato ideas but when he goes back to the baby grand it just ties us back to Fish being a classic rock band like being a rock band like improper but having this ability to tap into space and atmosphere and experimental playing where the baby grand doesn't take away. It's not like it's all that he knows how to play. And the other keyboards would add more sound. It adds a texture that like sounds so much like fish to me. And I just, I love it. Melodic percussion. That's what a piano does.
5: Exactly.
0: Um. Well, okay. So we're getting toward the end here of this show. Um. Is there, I think the, you know, Circus, character zero, possum, possum encore is like, wow. Just awesome. Fantastic. Just, um, just
5: the watched you ride off and out though. the door. I feel like yeah. the circus hits different, like knowing that they're a few weeks away yeah. from hiatus. Like I was listening to it and I was like, God, how can Trey sing this? Like, it must've been so emotional knowing they were going to stop singing a song like this.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he was just message. like, yeah, yeah. exactly. So how, how do you guys think they were, like, feeling at this time? I mean, that's impossible to answer, but just how, how would you, if you had to guess?
5: Well, wasn't I, I it, f- like, this summer when they were coming off a couple shows and they're like, is this the right thing that we should be doing? Or I don't know. I, or I don't know. I feel like how could you play a, a show like Gary and, Lake and then this night and be like, yeah, we should probably stop doing this. You know, it's just like it shows how much was going on for them personally that they could still play this well. Um, and still want to end it or take a break.
1: I mean, it's not that it's not like later, you know. No, things it weren't like that. Gr- perfect, great, but it was also they were, you know, they felt like they had hit that peak and didn't know where to go up. And previously, yeah. in say 1996, Fish had hit the peak at New Year's. Before they, they just kept kind of pushing and doing the thing, but. You know, here they are a few years older and, uh, they, I, I think they just, I mean, they felt like they needed to just kind of step away from it, let it, let it find its own new space. And, uh, and so I think that, I think what we were saying earlier, RJ, is that I think there was at this point in it, they're, they're good with this decision. They're happy with this decision. They see a way out, at least those who most want this to happen i would be interested to hear mike talk about his feelings on this because mike has always been when fish was at its worst i'm going to just say there are times when fish has been at their worst mike has usually not been the problem mike is always delivering during those times mike i don't i would be i've never I don't recall reading anything from Mike saying, yeah, well, I feel like we kind of maxed out and we needed to just stop and just, you know, figure out who we were as humans and da 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 I never, I don't remember him saying that. That's not, that's not a Mike sort of thing to say. I think Mike uh, was happy to develop other projects because, you know, he, that's who he is and he has his own voice that he wants to express that doesn't always come through in Fish. But uh, I, I, yeah, Mike's rock solid with this band. And uh, otherwise, though, yeah, I think that they were they were like, this is gonna, we, we can still play.
0: We're gonna do good yeah. shows, but we need that break. So, okay, so we're next week we're gonna be in 2001, and then the following week we're gonna be in 2002. So we have two weeks in a row of of non fish. So. We've made it through from 1983 to 2000 and um, I'm proud of us for actually doing this with some touring in the middle. Um, What do you guys, what's your one takeaway at this point um, in terms of where we are and, and the end of 1.0 from doing the project?
2: I think for me, you know, to think about this band at this point in time and the arc that they went through, um, I've always thought of like a st- the narrative naturally ending at the end of 1995 and something new having to be born. And at this point, you know, going fast forwarding from 95 to end of 99, the big Cyprus festival, and then what 2000 ended up being, it feels like the second chapter, but it also does feel a bit abridged um, because I don't think that we get like a natural conclusion to this era, honestly, until they. end. Brian, I think you're we have a slight
1: Brian technical difficulty interneting out there a little bit. Um,
0: just too bad. I kind of wanted to hear where that was going. <laughs> Jonathan, do you want to pick it up and then Brian can can join back in to finish out his thought? I'm not sure I can pick it
1: up where he was thinking yeah. but uh you know I I think uh, I have enjoyed viewing this arc again uh, you know, as carefully as we have. Um, obviously I uh, was along for the ride through a lot of this when it was, when it really happened. And I had very strong feelings at this point in, or when I found out that, that they were going on hiatus and those feelings involved things like, um, what the fuck, these guys are great. Why would they want to stop? Um, now I'm <laughs> a Feelings little... like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind <laughs> of like that. I'm not sure if those are the right words, uh, yeah. but nowadays I, I, kind of get it i still think Mm -hmm. as evidenced here by my thoughts and i think y'all's thoughts on this particular show that they were playing very well and they probably were mistaken to think that the music wasn't hitting hard but obviously how they feel about it is totally different and always has been from what the audience is receiving so uh
0: yeah fair i i I want to say, Jonathan, if it's okay with you, just the the flip side of that happens two years later. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. right. Four years after this, but two yeah. years after they come back, where they like kind of have to stop because like they might die. So yeah. no, it's kind of yeah, better yeah. to like go out on top in this in this case. Well, and
1: I think know, that's hindsight. kind of what
5: they wanted to do at this point, right? I feel like that's kind of what their their I mean, decision was. They weren't was. quitting;
1: they were just like, right. mm, "We let's, don't know." Let's
5: pause while we're still good. You know, I think it's been so cool listening to this, the shows chronologically like this and really like thinking about where they were contextually and learning more about the year. And just, I've loved this project so much. And I think about how the beginning just seems like this hunger and drive and this constant like push towards just achieving, not in the sense of like, you know, accolades or money or achieving like this artistic Of purpose that they had in a way that is just so like organic and true, and I think that's why they got to where they were. And then it's just from like 95 on, it's just reinvention, 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 and how hard that is to do. You know, that just takes such a toll on you to have to kind of like reach the top and then consistently reinvent yourself. And this is an you know, these are artists that have to reinvent themselves like all year every year like it's like you know they're not somebody that comes on and has to write one play a year which would is already a lot or like that's do insane. one thing you know they have to literally re, like reinvent themselves within like 4 months off and come back and deliver something totally new and incredible that's going to like inspire this dedicated rabid fan base and to do that over and over and over again is like it's exhausting and you can see why it kind of led to where it led and it's been so amazing to see What this band does after that. And I'm so excited to get into that. Like, it's sad to leave 1.0, but it's also like, it's pretty inspiring after some dark stuff where we end up. And I'm just excited to get into 3.0 more because I feel like there's so much there and there's so much to get into. And this whole experience has just taught me so much about the band and their music and just my relationship to it. It's been so awesome.
1: I, I wanna to, um to, I, you're 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 spot on. Like a part of me wants to counter like the notion that they had to reinvent themselves every year but that was their notion that was the thing no, exactly. we Except didn't require that. that and they no. seemed to push themselves to do it and so uh oops mistake no you set a high bar for yourself and then you got to keep climbing it that's crazy uh glenn russell here in the chat makes an interesting point and he's he's spot on i think he says i recall a sense that this was going to be like the dead's 1974 break not everybody was on board but everybody knew it was a break and not the end is what he says, and that's true. But you know, when the dead did it in '74, nobody knew when they'd be coming back, if they'd be coming back. Things happen, um, and that was true with Fish. It was like, yeah, oh, we're not breaking up. You know, we're just not scheduling anything. Uh, but even the band was astute enough to recognize the possibility that it might not happen, because things happen um which is why you know when you you read what they you know said about uh at the, after the shoreline show you know when the band had their time together in that room uh before they before they left um you know it was a heavy private moment because they didn't know when it would yeah. be back so but we all know they're coming back and uh And that's great. And I think uh, some of us will be back next week too, right?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, unlike the 74 dead break, we know our break will only be one week and we'll be back next Friday. (laughs) Jonathan will not be here because he will be on a vacation where he will be responsibly vacationing. um, And we're very excited for him. And he will be back in a few weeks. When I'm back. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Jonathan. And thanks, Megan. And Brian um, decided to start his break early. So thank you, Brian. And we will get the rest of your thought next time um all right thanks everybody for tuning in thanks you guys for joining us live and sending the comments and whatnot and yeah happy birthday megan happy,
2: thank
5: you thanks so birthday. much Glenn. thanks everybody
0: megan.